Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Welcome to the Dementia Care Partner Podcast, sponsored by Positive Approach to Care Certification Programs. Would you like to be trained in Tifa Snow's methods and help your community? PAC certification programs can do just that. Train, coach, consult, and engage to help change the culture of dementia care one mind at a time. Certification events are run virtually or in person to help fit your likes, wants, and needs. And this month, we're offering the Amanda Mosier Scholarship to celebrate one of our certified community members. To learn more about the courses and scholarship, please visit tifasnow.com forward slash certifications. And Tifa, our topic today is one that I wasn't really aware of, but no doubt uh, you've dealt with this over the years, and that is seizures and dementia. Now, I'm curious to know if this is widespread, and if so, why doesn't it get talked about? It's sort of a buried subject. Is it taboo or what? Well, it's an interesting thing because, you know, with epilepsy, people who have epilepsy, not everybody who has epilepsy is well controlled in their epilepsy. And it turns out some epilepsies are really difficult to control. And there's heavy medication use and you have to really, I mean, they're doing really intense work trying to get the seizures under control so the person can live a somewhat normal life. But even then you can't drive frequently. You're not able to you know, do things on your own. Mobility is often impaired because you had multiple falls and head injuries. Because when you have a seizure, if you have a major, what we call, used to use the term, and we still do frequently, grand mal seizures, ones where the whole body is involved, the electrical stimulation, the person goes into a full seizure and um, they throw their head back and they're arched up off and blood flow to the brain is, is diminished during those times. So it's almost like there's a mini stroke going on. Um, the, the, the damage to the vascular system, you know, it comes back, but over time with this severity, we can have people who develop uh, a brain failure due to this horrendous seizure activity that they've had their whole life and they've tried to manage and it's difficult. So um, there's that kind of seizure activity, but there's also one um, like left temporal lobe seizures, like temporal lobe seizures, where the person has a flare, an enormous flare of a really severe emotional distress. And it seems like it comes out of nowhere, but it turns out there's an aura, which is that precog sort of thing that happens with people. Um, and so people might have this emotional flaring of rage of fearfulness, of, of, of desolation, of whatever, and it's caused by seizure activity. And for those folks, there is a higher risk for that group that they might develop a dementia over time, secondary to that. Um, but we also know that there are some dementias um, that are high risk as they progress for seizure activity, and one of them is Lewy body. And those seizures are not nearly as um, exciting and profound. They're just sort of staring seizures or little, um, what we call petty mall, those little bitty ones where the person just sort of, and, and people describe it, they're like their absence. It's the absence seizure, but they're just gone. And you can tell they're gone. And then when they come back, they're sort of off balance a little bit and they could actually have an incontinence episode or they might drool or swallow problems or... 
And so those kind of seizures are actually probably more common as dementia progresses than most people are aware because they just think it's not like she's not even in there. You know, that kind of awful statement people make, well, you know, like she just like she's missing. And what we could be seeing now we're understanding is maybe there's a little seizure activity going on there. Um, and it's not, you know, can we treat it? Yeah. If you give a medication, one of the medications jobs is to date the brain. So now I make the brain more sedated. So, you know, it's darned if you do, darned if you don't, or, you know, it's the way I would say it, damned if you do, damned if you don't, but I'm, you know, I'm trying to clean up my language for what it's well, let's throw it. Let's throw another cliche out there. Is, yeah. is it is it the dementia that causes the, the seizures or the, you know, chicken and egg or the seizures yeah. that cause the dementia? Well, it actually turns out it can be either way. So seizures over a lifetime can certainly increase your risk of developed dementia. Uh, does it cause it? We don't know that. But does it indicate a high, high risk and high, a rising risk over time? Yeah. Particularly if when you're having seizures, um, you, don't, you don't wear a helmet and you have head injuries during those seizures. And you do have the major seizures of loss of balance and coordination. And you go down because when people seize like that, they can't protect themselves. And so wearing a helmet for protection, uh, there's Frederick's ataxia. It's a particular kind of neurological condition that over time, many of those people develop seizures, but they also develop dementia. And, you know, is it because you're hitting your head so often or is it because of the seizing? We still aren't sure. But we also know that many people who develop dementia as they progress in their dementia and the damage gets more and more significant to the brain, um, there is a risk they will start developing some seizure activity, especially in the later and, and late state, particularly if they have a UTI or an upper respiratory infection, something else that's happening in, in stressing and distressing the body and affecting the immune system and putting the heart in the circulatory system and the oxygenation system into distress, then there's a greater risk that the brain gets overwhelmed and we might have a seizure secondary to abnormal brainwave patterns. Well, yeah. speaking of, of helmets, as you just were, uh, we're noticing a, an awful lot of professional athletes suffering uh, long-term yeah. brain injuries. Yeah. And so again, that might be cause effect, uh, whereas other people, it might be effect cause type of thing. So yeah, yeah, I mean, this gets pretty complicated. But what we do know is, boy, if we can avoid head injuries, that would be great. Um, if we can manage seizures, that would be great. But if we sedate the person so much that when the seizure is managed, the person can't function, I think that's called restraint. <laughs> so it's sort of like it's this juggling act, this balancing act that frequently we're called on to do. And it's like, so how can I make the environment safer? Well, okay, so let's look at a bathroom and eliminating a lot of those things I might come in contact with on the way down and creating an environment that's less risky with more open space and maybe softer surfaces, you know, like the getting rid of a lot of crap that we have around that might actually cause harm and maybe monitoring for changes. And this is where I'll throw something unusual out where um, things like seizure animals, there's dogs that are very aware of somebody about to have a seizure. And so finding a companion dog that's trained for seizure recognition might turn out to be really, really effective as a way of helping keep the person in a more protected state. Because when the dog barks, 
I need to go on high alert and show up because at that point, the person is imminently going into seizing. But it might also tell the person, sit down. You need to sit down. When the dog barks, sit down. Because if the dog barks, you're going to seize and you need to be in a safer place. So get down on the ground, get down on the ground. Deepa, is there uh, such a thing as a normal, steady progression of dementia? Because lots of people want to know, how is this going to end? Well, we know ultimately how it ends. But, yeah. uh, you know, is there a people just want some sort of a, a hope, an inspiration that, you know, yes, it's a gentle path. You're going to land. Yeah. And I wish I could give everybody that boy. It sure would be great. Wouldn't it? it would. The reality, yeah, the reality is there are variables that come into play. So who's around you, the stakeholders and how they're doing has a role in it. The environment has a role in it. And that's the physical and the social and the spiritual environment but so does other health, do other health conditions and, you know, sensory conditions like, are you blind or are you going deaf? I mean, those things matter. Um, and then we have like, how are you filling your day up? Because it turns out if you don't do much, you sort of give up sooner than if you're really involved in living in a good way, in a productive way, in a balanced way, um, it can preserve function for much longer than people think you, I mean, like, wow, she's had it for how many years? And it's like, yeah, it's amazing when you feel engaged in living and you're feeling good about what's happening and um, you're not in distress, but you do give yourself like a limited amount of stress and you're exercising and you're feeling valued, how much your life still feels okay. So, Tipa, usually I can say to people, go on YouTube or go to the website and, and people will have a video, but I don't think there is one on this mm -hmm. because it is... This is fractional out of all of the dementias yeah. that you deal with. Yeah, this is so, not a real common symptom that people will notice or pick up on. I mean, it's not that it's totally not common, but it's not one of the symptoms people will pick up on unless you're in it. And even then, physicians often miss it because you have to be there in the moment of the seizure. So can somebody talk to a consultant? Can somebody talk to TIPA? What, what can we do yeah. for them? Because people want information. Yeah. And so I'd say, yes, ask for a consult. We do free half hour consults. Let's start there. And if there is enough interest in it, I can certainly do a YouTube thing on, you know, the idea of seizures, or I'm glad you found this podcast because, you know, knowing that what you're looking at is seizures and then being able to say back to the doctor, so how little medication can we put the person on, you know, and how long do they need to be on it? And are we sure it was a seizure and not something else? Maybe just a symptom of dementia in which I'm not sure seizure medication is indicated. I mean, it's really a complicated sort of conversation that we need to be having versus just going, oh, a seizure med, okay. Well, we'll just add that to the mix of things people are taking. Deepa, thank you very much. Thank you, Greg. You've been listening to the Dementia Care Partner Podcast, sponsored by Positive Approach to Care Certification Programs and the Amanda Mosher Scholarship. If you'd like to become a sponsor for this podcast and other free programs that Tipa and her team provide each month, please visit tipasnow.com forward slash sponsor. Hi, I'm Tipa Snow, and you just found our YouTube channel and watched one of our videos. I'm the owner and founder of Positive Approach to Care. Thanks for watching. And if you liked, if you have a comment about, or you would, please share it with people you know. Oh, and if you haven't yet done it, consider subscribing. We'll let you know when the next new video comes out. And you might want to visit our website.
www.tipasnow.com where you'll find other resources as well. See you there.